Hi everyone, the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in the following podcast belong solely to the host and its contributors. They are not necessarily the views of our employers, organizations, committees, or other group or individual. Hi, I'm Joseph Whitney. And I'm David Campbell. Welcome to Brewing with BIM. Where we talk about construction technology, processes, and beer. Hey, David, man. Uh, good to catch up with you again. Yeah, Joey. It's really good to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well, my man. Well, I guess we should uh, welcome everybody to yet another episode of Brewing with Bim. Hello and welcome. So what are we going to be talking about this week, man? Man, you know, I was really, I was really kind of excited to talk about how technology has affected construction. I think that, you know, we've been talking kind of on and off all week about topics, things that we might want to cover. I mean, there's so many things, of course, to talk about that are amazing in construction. But really getting back down to what the roots of it, kind of how, because I, I mean, I know you are just as much as I am, but I, I love technology. I'm such a technology nerd. I just love to geek out, right? But you think about down back to the roots, I guess, how it is starting to really incorporate itself into bettering the, the process for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I love technology as much as you do. So I will say though, I am, um, I am probably, you might not know this about me, but I'm probably as much of a, a technophile as I am. Um, I am probably equally as, um, biased of new technology as well <laughs> like it's I, like i'm so judgmental i'm like how am i ever going to use this does this actually make sense blah 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 like but at the same time if somebody shows me like they're like look no actually check this out it's amazing right here i'm like oh my god i'll be an evangelist forever <laughs> yeah yep all right i'm the type of guy that i'm the type of all guy right. that really just loves i'm excited to see it and and when i see it in action my my brain i think it just starts uh all the gears start worrying to think about, okay, how can we apply this? What can we use with this? I think, I think technology does something. I don't know if it does this to you, but it does something to me where, um, where I don't know, like you, you, were you ever like an entrepreneur when you were younger? You were like, man, oh, yes. thinking of like the next greatest app or how, you know, whatever, you know, somebody does it, somebody can make something that just changes life. And I, oh, I used yeah. to think about that. And then when I see technology, like in construction, do something, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like these people are geniuses. I can't believe they figured this out. Like they're, they're just saving lives. They're saving, you yes. know, days and weeks off of a project. And that's where I'm yes. at. So I don't know if that, that was the way that you came up and evolved through as well. Oh, totally. Definitely. All right. Cool. So um, you mentioned earlier, you, uh, um, you told me before the call that you were going to try some beer that you were had in Spokane. Yeah. So I was out in Spokane, Washington this week. I did some awesome training up there. Um, and while I was there, I took a stroll, um, through Gonzaga university, beautiful campus and found my way over to Noli brew house. All right. Um, yeah. Fantastic fish tacos. And I tried a pom pom pale ale. It was, um, a little bit, it, I mean, it, honestly, it reminded me of a nice kind of hoppy IPA, but it was kind of berry and it was a little less, um, 
it was a citrusy kind of IPA. I'm sorry. And a little less hoppy, a little more berry citrus flavor. And ah, I just kind of fell in love with it. So I definitely uh, got myself a growler of that and brought it home. Oh man. I love uh, the fruity flavored IPA. There's a raspberry parallel that I had a long time ago. That was just, I don't know, that, that flavor profile sticks with you. It's so good. Oh yeah. Uh, I am not as, um, uh, efficient as you at planning stuff or effective as you as you as planning stuff out because uh, I was in uh, Ocean City, Maryland most of the week and uh, I didn't pick up anything from there. I, I literally like on my way back to Pittsburgh was like, oh man, I need to grab some beer. So I, uh, I got some beer from uh, Neshaminy Creek uh, Brewing Company. They're just outside of Philly. Um, it's called The Shape of Hops to Come. And uh, I was reading the ingredients online and, and it just, you know, I'm one of those guys that'll stand at the beer cage and uh, like Google the beers, beer and like, figure <laughs> out what the flavor profile is. I don't know. Just that's the kind of guy I am. Uh, I overanalyze. Um, it's a fault. But uh, so anyway, so I, I'm looking at the ingredient profile and I really enjoyed um, that uh, Sly Fox that I had last week. And this sounded like it was going to taste just like that or somewhere in that, that flavor profile, which, you know, an IPA with some citrus yeah. notes. You know Anyways, what you like. I know what I like, and it and it was it was spot on. It was uh, it's um, it's just as good as that beer. Uh, a little more hops come through, which you know the Pacific Northwest has ruined my taste buds. Uh, hops <laughs> and rye whiskey. That's that's the only thing I can taste these days. And uh, I, think, I don't know if it's made me better or worse, but I, I do love it. You know, I am looking forward to a uh, pumpkin ale. I think I'm really going to try to grab one of the uh, the rogue. Um, Pay, uh, pumpkin it, ales for next week. Is it too soon for me to say I never want to see you again, ever? Like, <laughs> oh, pumpkin and beer. Those don't oh, go. Pumpkin those porter. Long, oh gosh. Those long in a sentence about about as much as cinnamon and whiskey. Like I just I can't do it. Can't. <laughs> oh good lord. I'm oh, I'll do some fireball. Oh yeah. Um, uh, Kevin Clausen. <laughs> that's that's his weakness. That's his kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, many of a fireball with him. Oh. oh man anyways uh so uh great great topic for today i'm glad you chose it um kind of an ode to technology if you will mm -hmm. i got a lot to talk about and um you know the things that got me thinking about this is having to pull chain and and uh old you know use old survey equipment and all that fun stuff out on the job site just you know just so people could show us how hard it was and now seeing what we've got today with the robotic stations and safety technology and everything just you know what there we could go on forever i'm excited so i'm excited to see what research you've done like uh what what you know how you want to start this off where do you want to jump in oh man i could i could i could ramble for days on this man um so i figured that i'm going to start with one of the biggest things for me and, and that's safety you know really how technology has affected construction in way of safety and, you know, as I've been going around and I'm looking um, at some different sites in terms of I, I'm actually going on site to con construction projects, some of the, the ones that I've been in the past and kind of looked at some of the ways that I used to do it back in what I, I was working there in 2012, 2013, and then, well, 2007, 2009. And really throughout time you start to see things really change and it actually makes you feel better right I mean it really does um I, I really a lot of the things that I've seen let's let's take 
uh, scanning, right? We're, we're pretty involved with scanning right now. Um, I, I see scanning in terms of architecturally or um, even, even for construction, building an as-built kind of thing, right? A model. Well, yeah. in this term, if you, if you just turn that and you think about how scanning could be used in different ways on, on an active construction site or even just an active site in general um, with, let's say, detecting fall or safety issues like fall protection or prevention, I want to say, or any other type of like things that are laying around that could be a typical safety issue, um, any, any cords, anything like that, and would notify, send a notification to anyone saying, hey, here's a report saying these are safety issues and kind of where they're located. It gives you a picture. I think that that's pretty amazing, you know, or if you want to take the other side of that, cameras. Let's, we could use cameras on site, which they are typically. They, you know, those cameras could take pictures of who's on the site. Again, any safety issues, any safety violations. But dude, if you want to get crazy about it, let's think about, you know, big brother AI kind of thing. They're developing these applications here um, with cameras to start detecting, like putting up profiles of the people, like the typical workers with these companies and like health issues, things like that. And they're putting these into these cameras for like an AI type of, uh, again, AI type of application where it's, it's actually watching, these cameras are watching all day and, and kind of detecting um, different patterns. And with that, there are times where we could detect any, um, any, you know, I want to say prevent a safety issue from happening if it can notice typical patterns and notice if someone is maybe off or, um, if it sees something that it thinks could be unsafe and then alerts someone to that issue. Yeah. Uh, are you familiar with like smartvid.io or any of that stuff? Yes. Yep. Yep. I actually, yes. well, I wasn't before this week, but I've been, I've been kind of combing Google and kind of everything I could find to, to, to see what all we have out there. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. Yeah. I've done some customer demos with them in the past. They do, they have a great product that, um, we can analyze photo and video and they've got their own algorithms, uh, you know, pattern recognition, that sort of stuff. You know, if you're out there flying a site, you got photos or, or um, you got some cameras all over the place. Um, it'll analyze that stuff and it'll recognize things like, you know, a, a driver without a seatbelt on or somebody with the wrong um, mm -hmm. PPE or you're without any PPE, um, that sort of stuff. Uh, so when you were talking about safety for the week, I didn't know if we were going to talk about gloves and hard hats i mean there's stuff that we can talk oh, about there dude. Uh, yeah that's actually part of it i was actually i have <laughs> i've wrote uh, so far i have the ar vr we could use for safety training wearables which would really be all of the applications such as the hard hats with halos right or any of that i mean honestly i found out they have gloves that actually change color when they come in contact with dangerous any any type of harm uh, harmful chemicals or um, I think there's a light that actually goes in a, in a helmet with a sensor and it actually sets off a, a light or a, an alarm when it detects any dangerous gases. Mining comes to mind. Yep. Yep. The, there's so many different applications that they start really coming in, in into, I, I guess, into handy, right? Or um, really being needed. Mining is big there or even let's think about a lot of these um, older buildings that we're going through and, and rehabbing. If you're um, kind of tearing out the old drywall, 
tearing up the old tiles. And sometimes these guys don't know what asbestos is. Um, yeah. I, I dealt a lot with that in Northwest Indiana. You'd go into some of these old houses and these buildings and you're tearing up tiles. And I mean, schools use tiles that had asbestos and then they were layered on top of each other. Um, just the, all those different materials that if you have an idea, you know, maybe if somebody's not wearing, I, I don't want to say not wearing the right equipment, but if they have a really good idea with what they're working with, you know, or even be alerted to some something that's there if they don't think that it is. Some other things that I wanted to talk about as we're talking about safety and we're talking about sensors and all that stuff. They have like remarkable sensors. This is post-construction sensors in buildings. And we talked about this in our last podcast, you know, for, for emergency management and all that sort of stuff or uh, uh, like respond, you know, responding mm -hmm. from firefighters, that sort of stuff. Like they have sensors in buildings after the fact, but now they actually have them on the job sites themselves, like telling people where, you know, saying where people are uh, that they've entered during a job site. Now they've got like RFID badges, letting them know where they, they should be and shouldn't be and that sort of stuff. Um, and RFID helmets and vests and so much more stuff. Like they can, you know, look track, track staff on uh, various subs and, and staff yep. on job site. Um, you know what's, sorry to, sorry to stop you there. I know I'm, I'm very kind of excited about this, you know, Blue Beam Dave and all. But, you, you know, with, <laughs> hey, with Bluebeam acquired Project Atlas, and when I saw, um, I don't know if you've looked into it much, but essentially everything that you're saying there, you can do with this 3D PDF, or this, well, it's not really 3D, but this PDF, right? This layer on a PDF on an actual, like, Google map. So it, like, it actually geolocates you or your project, but it geolocates geo you on that project. And let's say that there's a safety area that you want people to stay out of, you actually mark it on the PDF. And then when someone goes into that, if they're in the application, you know, if they're placing markups, they're doing the site walk, everything like that, if it detects them, it actually sends them like an alarm. Their phone will go off telling them, hey, you need to leave this area. That's pretty That's cool. I was about to say, everything you said we can do with BIM 360, except for that oh. last part where, where an alarm pops up. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I mean it's all about connecting the job site and, and we're talking about technology and what it's done and, and, you know, mm -hmm. changing the old way of doing stuff. Um, I, I was on the, um, the, um, the golden gate bridge. I was trying to think of the name of like the San Francisco bridge, you know, that, that one bridge in San Francisco, <laughs> the, the golden <laughs> gate bridge. And I was, I was, uh, you know, reading the plaque about the, you know, the, the people that died on the bridge and, you know, the process it took and how long it takes and, you know, how much of an undertaking it was. And it's like, you know, you realize we could we could put that up today, no problem, and not lose anybody. Like, the technology is just there. It made it like, yep. I mean, yeah, it was a, that was a remarkable feat. It's a remarkable bridge. Um, it's scary as heck to walk across, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So windy. <laughs> uh, but uh, like we we can do those types of projects that were, you know, unheard of then today, and in, in, in a much safer environment. Yep, it's yes, crazy. Sir. It is, it is. I mean, it, it's and you know the the crazy thing is, it's still not. We're still not where we need to be. You know, I think it was. Um, Gosh, I'm, I'm going to chop up a quote now or a, a statistic now, but I think 
it was like OSHA said that 21% of workplace fatalities were from construction sites or from construction pro projects. Yeah, I, I, I can believe that. That's it's that to me, it just sticks out like that is yes, 21% of workplace fatalities. It, it's just nuts that it we have a very large chunk. I mean, yes, you think about all the different projects going on, but well, I we've got a large. We have a large chunk of the the margins for the actual um, economy in the country. We have a large chunk of the the margins for the um, the waste that's going on. We have a lot. I mean, construction mm -hmm. by by default take because it's so big and such a big sector um, takes up and encompasses you know lo these large percentages of just about every statistic you're gonna they're gonna run across as a compared to. Um, you know, traditional jobs, not, well, I say traditional, non-construction employment. Yeah, I completely agree. And, you know, if you even, let, let's say you want to take a step, you want to take a step back from, you know, construction, like the actual, um, the act of it, right? Let's say that you want to talk about the workflows or the processes of construction, right? And, and let's even talk about safety. But what I want to talk about, well, it's all incorporating safety, but technology in terms of applications, right? Applications for your phone, any devices that you can wear on you. You know, they have a uh, they have a fall safety app now where yeah. if um, you download it, it detects if the user is moving so fast, it actually starts alerting the um, emergency management, like local authorities and things like that, to where this person is, drops a pin on their location, everything like that. What if he just dropped his phone? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, not a joking matter. No, uh, no, but that's way, funny. Yeah. No, and and you know a big one, and I I talked about this one last week, and uh, again shout out to to Raken here, but um they have you know Raken of course is used for dailies all that stuff, but they have this application for safety talks or toolbox talks, right? To where the safety managers. Or even, let's say, superintendents, foremen. Everybody wants to get together for a safety talk in the morning, right? Before you go out to the job site. That's one of the first things that, that happens on almost every site. They have a safety mm -hmm. talk about what they're going to do, what they don't want to see, what they want to see. Anyone entering onto their site, they have to acknowledge and they have to sign that they're going to be wearing the proper PPE, everything like that. If you think about an application that a person could use on their phone or a tablet anything like that, and they have a reader they can go down through, they can collect digital signatures, they can take an actual picture of like the sign-in sheet, but all of that is recorded and documented there. And a lot easier, I think, for the what with the safety manager to handle, for the foreman, the site pro project manager, essentially to handle all of that information and store it somewhere, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah you're, it's awesome. you're digitizing processes which make people more accountable and, um, you know, they add to kind of that layer. So we're talking about predictive, predictability and machine learning yep. and all that stuff. Like once you digitize it, you can analyze it. I mean, so whether it's non-structured or structured data, we can, we can begin to evaluate over time. You make a note, you know, Dave wasn't paying attention on this one. Three meetings <laughs> from now, Dave wasn't paying attention on this one. Uh, Dave gets in an accident. You know, over time, we're going to be able to to correlate Dave not paying attention equals Dave getting into an accident. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, just yes. simple stuff like that. But 
But yeah, I mean that stuff's that's that's You're spot on the there. Benefit Jeff. of technology, yeah. yeah. Yes. So yes. So I, uh, one of our uh, great customers that we work with, actually, I mean there are several that do this, but I heard about this process through one of our um, general contractors, uh, one of our favorites that we work with, and a uh, buddy of mine, Phil. He uh, he's got a great process for um, uh, putting safety into the BIM model. So they do the BIM model. You were talking about doing scans and marking stuff up, but in his actual model, he puts in. Uh, safety information like it, it's so cool and robust to like think about it in terms of that like he during the design phase he's thinking ahead like yeah. hey you know pay attention here or you know like recording and, and capturing data and and just you know we don't think about these things when we build a building um you know phase one phase two phase three well phase two has a giant hole through the shaft um but they're thinking ahead and like the, you know, during the, the phasing of the building, like, hey, you know, tape off this area because there's going to be a giant hole. Like putting that stuff in the model um, early on, like, you know, weird stuff like that. Yes. Just no, dude, ahead. that's fantastic. Just so is, great. Yes, it is. It's per, that, that's amazing. I mean, I think that's right where we would want to be. And I think yeah. that kind of ties right, right, right back around to the AR VR, right? If you oh, can yeah. use that information for training or even let's say you let workers walk the site and as they they you know if you can actually put if, if they can put all that information in the model all that safety information and send it out as a review and people can watch it and see the exact safety issues that they could potentially deal with during the day so they're cognizant of that you yeah. know i mean that making them aware that's a potential heck yes so so when you uh, when when you chose uh, technology, ode to technology, you were talking about safety early on in the week. Um, of course, I started researching. I started to figure out stuff that's out there, and uh, you know, one of the things they mentioned. So you're talking about AR, VR, but think about drones. Um, oh yeah. So you're talking AR, VR for um, future conditions, or you know, maybe they scan the site, or they've got a model they want to actually walk through. It, the, the idea is that it's less people in harm's way, so therefore your risk is reduced because there are less people doing it. So there are less people walking through, you know, walking the scaffolding or what, whatever it is. Now drones, they give us that same privilege, right? We can fly a site and get the same uh, visuals and the same, um, uh, you know, see everything in the same way without having to actually put people in harm's way. You know, back in the days, we used to climb uh, uh, towers, right, uh, for doing inspections. Um, mm -hmm. We would climb towers and, you know, with a bunch of gear on of us, gear on us. I say us. I've never done this. I've, I've climbed, like, telephone poles once or twice, but I've never climbed a tower. But, but anyways, like, so back in the day, we used to, you know, people would climb these towers. And, you know, a lot of people still do it, but they'll climb the tower, towers. Um, and what it does is it puts that person in risk and in, in, in harm's way where that person today can actually just go fly to the top and inspect it without having to climb it. Therefore, the risk is, is drastically reduced again. Same thing for construction sites, uh, site, yeah. you can get sites, uh, daily sites. We have some GCs that fly every week for, um, they'll, you know, just for progress, but they'll also fly mm -hmm. it for um, site conditions so they can get yeah. an accurate visual of what the site conditions are that day. Um, I don't know, like things like this, yep. where we're, we're, 
where we're more so, aware, you're talking about being more cognizant. It just makes us more aware. Seeing this stuff makes us more aware. Yep. So let me let me kind of segue off of that because I mean that's that's a great point right there. And honestly, it's a great kind of transition into, you know, something else I was really excited about. You know, I love um, the idea of autonomous vehicles, right? I think yep. getting the time back in our days, you know, being able to have you know, artificial intelligence kind of help guide us away from some human error. But I mean, if you think about it, let's say you're taking, you have that drone data where it's scanning that site every single day for the conditions. Imagine applying that into construction vehicles, like any of these big dump trucks or any truck, any delivery truck, what have you, anything that's going to come onto your site, you can actually generate information into the site condition. So it knows like certain areas to stay away from where, you know, if it could hit the building, if they're backing up too far, anything like that, plugging yeah. in that information into those vehicles. So they would jet, they would literally, I almost want to say cut down almost zero out accidents on the site. Yeah. I mean, so, so a few things you said there, right. Uh, you're talking to Thomas vehicles. You might lose some people there because well, I'm all for zero risk or, or uh, zero accidents on the highway. At the same time, I, I just want to gas it and pass the, the car in front of me. You know, I, I spend a lot of time mm -hmm. on the highway and I, I like to hear that turbo whine every now and oh, then. Yeah. But, but on a job site, I'm with you. And, and so to, to bring it back, the, the job site, um, adding in all of that, that, um, that information so that we can have autonomous vehicles is great. Yeah. I mean, we're getting there with, with like, autonomous robots for heavy, you know, for lifting and 3D printing. I've had some cool experiences where I went under a, uh, the Texas Instruments building in North Texas. They have like an underground tunnel where they used to stockpile weapons during the Gulf War. And yep. they had these robots that would unload um, weapons for, you know, off these trucks. And we we're talking like tons, like tons of, of stuff and just start unloading it and bringing it down in these tunnels. And it would do it all like, uh, near near autonomous i'll say near autonomous because this is you know 30 years ago so i don't, I don't yeah. know how great it was but but uh, <laughs> you know it's military technology so I'm, I'm sure we were pretty close um yep. but like the autonomous stuff it's there like it's not new it's great it's it's we're getting there with self-driving cars and, and all that stuff yeah. when i worked uh, uh i used to like i said i used to do survey construction layout that sort of stuff um i used to hear surveyors complain about um uh, you know, the excavator keep knocking down their posts so that they're, uh, uh, whenever we, we do a, a job site, say we're doing uh, housing development, right? Mm -hmm. We have to set cut fill stakes. So everybody knows how much dirt goes up and down. Well, over time, what happened was we didn't have to do those cut fill stakes anymore. Um, the, you plug in the, the design into the machine and it automatically, it'll use the GPS on the dozers and, and it'll lift it. And that's like a whole segment of our company, obviously, but, It'll actually lift the the um, the blade and adjust um, and move that dirt accordingly, so that it's always to to the design grade, um, mm -hmm. rather than having to go out there and pound stake after stake after stake into the ground with cut fills and constantly mark up. Like every day, we'd have to go back out there um, and and you know remark up a bunch of stakes because somebody knocked over X amount of them. No, but we don't have to do that anymore. But yeah. now now imagine. Now imagine it drives itself. You get that uh, that autonomous vehicle part of it. Sorry, man. I jumped off on a no, tangent. I, you I are really totally like... good. I, I'm digging it. I really am. I'm digging it. I, I get it completely. And 
if I mean, we right now we have the GPS guided equipment, right? And I mean, that's part of it. Imagine if not even if you're just if you're not removing the person, you know, you're adding you're training them in a different way. Maybe they don't need to exactly feel, you know, I've been in the greater. I've, I've actually been in an actual, uh, I had, what, what was it? Eight or nine different levers in those things. And, you know, each Crazy. lever, one, <laughs> one twist to the right, twist to the left, one drops the blade down, one uh, drops the other blade cool. side down. So many adjustments. If you can start taking that away and let the engineer focus on, you know, guiding it, making sure the design is, is too grade, you know, things like that. And, so, and focusing on the maintenance of the equipment and stuff, I think that's awesome. So I'm opposed to technology in a few different ways here. Um, I shop Amazon. I love the convenience, the UI. It's so easy, right? Mm -hmm. What I don't like is usually most of the stuff you buy on Amazon is cheap garbage that will break three weeks later anyway, so whatever. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I don't like is seeing big box stores empty. And this really hit home for me when home when um, – Toys R Us, I almost said Home Depot. Home Depot better never go out of business, damn it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I give them too much money. <laughs> I love them. No, uh, Toys R Us, right? You know, when Toys R Us went out of business, I felt it. As a, as a Toys R Us kid myself, you know, or, or at least some, you know, I grew up poor, but somebody who at least always wanted to shop there, um, like that's, you know, that, that was just my childhood, you know? You got Jeffrey the Giraffe and the, the commercials and the song and it's like that was the place to be so whenever they went out of business and i'm just thinking damn you amazon you did this so we're, we're talking about technology let me bring it back we're talking about technology and you're talking about displacing workers as far as um the guys driving the trucks there, mm -hmm. there's a difference here so when i when i rag on amazon um or companies like amazon the walmart whoever whoever right just somebody who's using technology to displace um the way that we've done stuff um, and yes, to their own credit, they're like the second largest employer in the U.S., but I feel like they've killed more jobs than they created. But anyways, that's you know, that's <laughs> it's a crazy thing. That's one of the biggest arguments. I could even go against that and say it's not really losing jobs. Yes, they are. They are cutting jobs and it does suck in that sense. But if you think about it, it's retraining. It's taking that job. They still need another that they still need everyone to, to help control those robots. And, you know, to, they, to, uh, they do. But here's the thing. We're uh, we're gearing up efficiency to a point where and this is a topic for another time, I guess. But we're gearing up efficiency to a point where it's displacing current workers. And yes, we have the ability to retrain, but we're running into a point where the um, the growth of the labor market is is growing exponentially more than the jobs that we're retraining for so therefore we need old jobs plus new jobs so i don't know there's there's a happy mix that somebody needs to figure out somebody way smarter than you and i but the reason why i brought up amazon <laughs> in this particular instance is you know whether you love it or hate it whatever the deal is and again i i love shopping there it makes life easier but i think about big empty stores and yep. You know, that, that sucks. But who knows? Yeah. Somebody's going to think of something. Uh, I think Rochester, New York turned one of theirs, their big empty stores that Amazon did put out of business into a um, like community center or something like that, like a YMCA or something like that. So, you know, it didn't go to waste and it created construction jobs. It created local local jobs there. So so I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that that's not not happening. I'm just saying it's not happening fast enough because I've got a Toys R Us down the street from where I just moved to. <laughs> that doesn't seem to be doing it. And there's a Best Buy around there too. And I'm like, man, how long before Best Buy goes out? But anyways, uh, yeah, um, yeah. the, the construction work change. 
the construction worker side, the, the argument I make against that is we are so strapped for employees in construction. Uh, whenever we try to hire for new application engineers or we try to hire uh, for anybody that can that could that we feel competent can learn. Like I've worked with various unions and, and like feeling their same pain points. Like the the labor's just not there. Like we're we're not educating people uh, young enough to to get them involved in construction. You know they think oh could you know I, I was the same way right. I'm gonna go to college and get my degree. I went to college, got a second degree before I realized you know what construction is. You know this is the best industry to be in in my mind. I'm passionate about it, and and I think that we need to get enough young people passionate about it. But the the driver, the guy that drives that truck, you know, they're like the surveyor, right? They're like the 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 guy that's surveying. You know, the, the average age is you know way higher than than the average you know the median U.S. age right now. So at some point in time, they're going to grow out of that job and might not have somebody grow into it. The average age of a surveyor, I think, in Missouri, where I was a few weeks ago, was like 59 and a half years old. It's like, how much longer they got? They got to get some new blood in there. So yeah. we got to do the same thing for construction because we're not getting that labor that we need in there. So technology does do, do us justice and helps us pick up those pieces. By no means do I want to displace anybody. So I want to get that out of the way. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I feel like we have such a gap that needs to be filled. Yes. Long- <laughs> but yes, okay, I got you there. I I definitely understand that, and I think I think a caveat to that would be in in a perfect world, we would start using technology to train and entice some of the younger people into you know some of these trades. You know what I mean? Oh my let's gosh. start let's start using that, and then you know getting the unions involved into you know junior high, high school into you know, interning with commercial projects and or commercial and, and residential projects. We're, we're trying. Everybody's trying. Uh, but I feel like if we lead with technology, they'll come. And, y- yep. you know, you don't, you know, so again, I went to one of these uh, conferences and they were talking about, um, they were trying to be very PC about it. They were talking about the mm-hmm. The country rural guy who can take apart a lawnmower and put it together. They're saying, we want those guys. And they were discounting, they were calling them the Lego generation, the kids that grew up in the cities playing with Legos. Uh, that was their <laughs> nice way of saying the, the um, young millennials in the cities uh, that grew up one way and the country people that grew up another way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they were being very PC about it, very, very polite. Um, but as somebody who grew up on the outskirts of a city that did take a pay apart lawnmowers but also play with Legos, I feel like I belong in both camps. And... <laughs> And, and, you know, there's differences to attract each people, each, each group of people, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we can develop that training. You know, you're talking about AR, VR, you know, mm-hmm. heck, some people still want to take some stuff apart and figure it out. Maybe they don't want to play with the headset. Maybe they want to work their way up to the headset, but yep. we can there. Just give them whatever, whatever entices them and exactly. figure out the path for them. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. I've chatted with some very, um, uh, impassioned people. Uh, so I've had the privilege of, of, you know, I, again, travel everywhere. I was in Chicago a few months back. I was uh, chatting with uh, the director of education for one of the unions out there. And he's a young guy. He's probably, I don't know, a few years older than you and I, um, you know, late thirties, early forties, maybe. And 
he just oh, i forgot you're, you're a lot younger than me but <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's probably uh, uh late 30s early 40s he he was telling us about the such the outpouring that they've had from the younger people that have that have uh come in and again chicago's a big city so that might have something to do with it but it was just so great to see he was they're pitching it, they lead with technology everything about them they start with Reddit, dude it's crazy like we're talking about like um you know, getting people in various parts of the country to adapt rabbit technology, which is, you know, years, you know, years from now, it's going to be, it's going to seem like AutoCAD where um, it's old in the tooth, but, but they, they lead with that. It's amazing. Like they, they put these new technologies out there. They put out the AR, the VR and get people interested. So I don't know, man. Uh, I think technology is, it's a great way to grasp the young generation, but anyways, I digress. Let's get back to the topic at hand. <laughs> Technology improving the job site. Definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, honestly, we've talked about so many different things already. I mean, going through, you know, BIM 360 rake and fall safety apps, you know, the OSHA heat safety tool, cameras, drones, AR. I mean, all of it, it's just, it's huge. But it all just gets back to really just trying to help people and save people lives save people's lives. Is there any one that you would point to, any one technology in the industry that you would point to and say, this is it, this is the definitive, this is what gets me excited. Like this, what they're doing here is oh, saving lives. You know what, you know what, honestly, um, yeah, I mean, wow, I'm, I, there are so many different things. The super, the super uh, like hero, lover in me wants to kind of say the exoskeletons right that oh, they're developing cool. for cons right i mean honestly that they're developing for people i mean they're they're helping people get over some of the ailments that they have like any if my man if i tried to get on a construction site today and if i'm trying to carry all this wood eventually my back or my knee would just be done and i'd, sure. I'd have to walk off i'd oh gosh you, so to go off on a huh? so, so to so to go off on a unrelated tangent uh, so, uh, I, I guess it was about a year ago where I lost a bunch, a bunch of weight. My buddies, we were listening to Joe Rogan. We did the Sober October, and it turned into a great competition. I think I lost like 50 pounds or something. And um, anyways, we, we were talking about, you know, what we were going to do, and I just ran. That's all I wanted to do was run. I was running like 10, 11 miles a day. Like, I was just out there. My knees are just junk right now. Like I could use an exoskeleton <laughs> for my, my daily activity. Like just walk me to the bathroom. Man. <laughs> oh man. Uh, everybody I mean, keeps telling me too. They're like, take some CBD for the inflammation or do something. I'm like, I don't, I don't know, man, that I got to research CBD now and which one actually works and blah, blah. Like that just seems like work. I'm lazy to a fault. <laughs> That's good stuff. But yeah, you definitely got to do some research on it. Um, man, those, those exoskeletons though, it's, it's insane. They have, they have ones that really are not too powerful, you know, in terms of the, it just helps the user walk around, might help them do daily things on the site, um, help them avoid getting hurt, things like that. But then they have these ridiculous exoskeletons, like with hydraulic cylinders and stuff that actually will move huge loads of weight. And actually, I mean, it's, it's kind of nuts, but it makes me think of like Iron Man type of stuff. Right. But, <laughs> I'm like, you imagine this on the construction site. That's amazing. That's it's awesome. It so, really is. So 
you, you talk about uh, Iron Man, exoskeletons, I start thinking robots. And this reminds me of something that I saw at AU. I believe it was AU. It was like two years ago, maybe three years ago. Um, you know, they, they were talking about, uh, or maybe it was some other conference. I don't know. Go to too many of them. But anyways, they were talking about um, uh, robotics in the workforce in Germany and how they're not displacing any workers. In fact, they're enabling workers to be more productive. They ha mm -hmm. It has had no effect on their, their employment st uh, statistics at all, but it makes them more efficient. So yeah. German, the German workforce, they employ robots for people, you know, one, a guy, uh, I think one of the, the videos I watched or something they showed was a, a guy with one arm um, running something, but he's because he was using a robot to help him do his job. Um, but, but that was like him being as productive as everybody else, but, yep. but with a physical handicap. Um, and again, it's had no, um, you know, people are going to slap me over the head with the statistics and all that stuff. But from, from what I was told and what I read after that, cause it was so interesting, it's had no effect on uh, job earnings, job employment losses, or none of that. It's had no effect on it. Like people have been working in tandem with uh, robotics for quite some time. Yep. just makes you better. Yes, it does, dude. And I mean, honestly, there are, I, I was kind of just um, glazing over it there, but they have unpowered like exoskeletons. I, I found a couple of them um, online, but they're designed to reduce fatigue and injury and even help you maintain proper posture. And, and they use things like counterweights um, or they, they redistribute the load to stronger muscles in your body to make lifting and carrying easier. Right, even just having something like that that helps you redistribute weight to where it should be on your body. I mean, just something like that would be amazing for most of us. Yeah, yeah, that's like that's next level thinking there. I didn't, even, I would have never even. I mean, again, I'm I'm a leadite, but uh, that's that's crazy. Like, I always thought they were powered to like make you lift you know, thousands of pounds or whatever, like flipping cars or whatever with this extra. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking like Spider-Man or something, right? Guys in a yeah. suit just flipping stuff. But, you know, where, where it's actually not even powered in any way, it's just shifting the weight to your muscles. Like, that's great. Yeah. Heck yeah, dude. The technology and then back to <laughs> basics, I guess. <laughs> Man. Um, so, every you know, we talk about technology and robots and, Part of me like wants to dive in wholeheartedly, and the other part of me is like, I want to retreat to the mountains and just go cut down trees with an axe. Leave me alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I watched. I watched iRobot with Will Smith. Yeah, yep. I'm pretty scared about robots taking over, but I, I think while we still have this kind of vision and this passion for improving construction, I think we take hold of it and kind of see where it goes. Yeah. You know. No, I'm. We try to help shape it. And, and if and if everything goes awry, it's okay. We'll go live off the grid somewhere, man. Somewhere where the, <laughs> the drones can't find us. But but uh, so getting back to um, AI, though, I mean, what about risk prediction? So uh, oh, we talked yeah. about this in some previous episodes. I use BIM 360 as an example. Again, it's what I know. It's what I love. It's what I preach about all the time. So uh, bear with mm -hmm. me. There are other platforms. I know that. But um, being able to feed analytics into it, whether they're part of BIM 360 or not part of BIM 360, but then being able to use BIM 360s uh, or Forge's machine learning 
components to it to say that, hey, look, these two subs on this two type on this type of project at this point in time uh, encounter an OSHA violation or encounter some something. Yeah. Three projects from now, I've got the same type of project coming up with these two subs at a specific point in time. It's going to do a little bit of pattern recognition and say, hey, man, you might want to be a little aware of this type of issue. You know, you got like a 32% chance of it happening or whatever the BS statistic is. But risk prediction, I think that's going to be huge for construction, especially as we talk about platforms, one platform to rule them all, all that sort of stuff. Yep. That's where we're getting at. Construction technology platforms are everywhere. So technology, before uh, the, the old technology was uh, Excel spreadsheets shared via, you know, Dropbox or Mm -hmm. uh, smart sheets or you know whatever but now everything is handled inside of a platform um, and heck even before we had you know Dropbox and, and Excel and smart sheets and all that stuff people were filling out forms I know a lot of job sites I walk on they've got a lot of paper everywhere they're filling out RFIs and a paper copy and then eventually somebody will scan it into the system after the fact it's not real time it's just a COIA thing after that yeah and it's trying to manage all that documentation and not lose it you know, but I mean, and building off of that, I really think that, you know, it's amazing to take those construction analytics, any data that you can really push up in there and, and, and analyze that. And I mean, let's think of even pre-construction, right? At that point, when you're going to make bids or when you're taking bids as, as a GC or as an owner who's looking at all the different people that are going to be involved in that project. If you have information like that at your hands, at your fingertips, and you can look at that, that those analytics to say, okay, these these companies here have had this much risk, or they're they're at this level of risk. They've had th this many safety issues, this and that, and you know, and essentially, it, it I think it would be great again for not only that, but everyone involved, even on supervisors and and, and watching their crews to let know. Okay, maybe this person needs to be retrained because they've had this many safety violations in this amount of time. Yeah, I mean, so safety, obviously, that's that's the that's the easy win there. But thinking on the oh. GC's levels, but thinking also, and this is just you know gravy on top. Thinking also from a financial aspect, right? So mm -hmm. uh, these, you know, I'm a GC. I'm supposed to have the electrical subcontractor with six guys on site today. You know, they show up, I've got one guy, he's two hours late, but I track that in my database. And, you know, over time, I know I use them on the next project, the chances of it happening again, him being under understaffing and them being late. Like, you'll know the, the um, you'll know the financial responsibilities and the timeliness and all that. So like, you'll be able to analyze this data later. Not as safety, obviously, was the, the main focus there, but this is just gravy on top if we're already capturing that data. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it can be used in so many different ways. I, I think capturing that data would be helpful in it, for anything. Really. So so you're you're a structures guy. You teach Revit structure. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of Revit classes, but I, I primarily know you from the structural side, concrete and all that stuff. What do you think about technology, uh, the advancements in technology for, um, you know, merging additive manufacturing with 3D printing so that we're 3D printing uh, structures these days? Oh, man. I think if they can find the materials that are strong enough, I am all for it. If you can 3D print materials right there on site, I mean, that's going to save us from, of course, shipping, which is more trucks on the road, 
Um, it's going to save us from, well, the, 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 the tariffs that are going on right now, the trade war, right? Um, it's going to save us a lot of that. I mean, it's kind of ridiculous if, if you really think about if we could make and fabricate our own parts, whether it's on site from a trailer or it's somewhere like that where they could be transported closely, you know, and you're making all of this, you have this capability at your hands to, to really design it to fit. And, and not even design it to fit, right? I mean, because most of the time, let's say that you get a design model and you go out to the site and it doesn't actually fit. At that point, whoever's on site is trying to adjust that model or detail it to how it should actually go so it's going to fit. Now, if that's actually, if you can get them to do it, because most of the time they'll just do it and get it done and it's done how it's done. But, yep. you know, we need that to be documented. Again, not just for record keeping, but for training and for future reference. You know what I mean? And if we can really integrate a seamless kind of transition between those two, gosh, that would be amazing. No, I, so you've hit on a few things there. Uh, we're talking prefab now. We're talking about um, yep. printing on site, making stuff um, – you know, worthwhile, right? Or say worthwhile, making yep. things uh, easier and, you know, easier to control. You're controlling the supply chain uh, much mm -hmm. more readily, all that sort of stuff. But what about, uh, again, this is probably getting too far away from safety, but uh, what about talking about um, prefab and modular design of buildings? Um, oh, God, so dude, I love together it. I love it. I mean, Skender out in Chicago, Katera. Those are guys, those, those companies are just really pushing that kind of fold of technology there with modular. I mean, we've been doing modular construction for so long, if you really think about it, um, not, not prefabricating entire rooms and things like that and having them shipped to the site. That right there is almost mind-blowing, and I love to think about how, you know, the BIM model or the BIM information can really be plugged into that to really make that transition seamless, making sure that, you know, all of your pipes are lined up. So when the modular piece does come in, everything sits just as it should be, you know, every, all the bolts line up, everything like that. I mean, ugh, that would be amazing to really think about how much time that's going to save us to make these buildings. Well, we, I mean, you and I have chatted with a few companies at various trade shows where we were together and like maybe they were doing uh, customized roofs with, you know, really deck, you know, uh, ornate mm -hmm. and um, uh, highly customized fittings and um, or if maybe they were doing the exterior right so mm -hmm. they were getting a design and they realized that they couldn't work off the design because it was never constructed per the design so they were using technology to scan and then using the scan to integrate into their uh, manufacturing process so that they could, they would know again where all those bolts are and have all that stuff on, you know, on site, and it would fit. It would just work. So as yes. we develop these technologies for modular design and prefabrication, to not only do better fit, but manage the BIM data so that we can manage the supply chain downstream. This is where Katera, by the way, outshines a lot of people. Um, is the the data that they put into their designs to manage the supply chain. That's what it comes down to. They're not. They're not dealing with tariffs or anything like that. They're. They. They just opened their. You were talking about Spokane earlier. They opened a um, mm -hmm. CLT factory in Spokane Valley. They're getting their stuff right there in Washington for most of their projects that are right there in Seattle. So, I that's don't know. awesome. That's interesting. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. Uh, I, it's unrelated to safety, but it kind of ties into safety, right? We're talking prefab oh. and modular. There's definitely less risk um, prefab and everything in a mm-hmm. safe, closed environment. Yep. You know, you know you the know. site conditions every day. You Exactly, right? You I'm inside of a giant yes. warehouse. And whether so I, they're building that module for the first floor or the 14th floor, at that point, it does not matter. You know, most yeah. of the time their feet don't leave the ground or they might go two or three feet up on a ladder. And, and the technology is there to help us manage these prefab elements, right? So yep. we work with a, a large mechanical contractor, industrial piping and all that stuff based out of Portland. Um, they do great work. I'm not going to name them because I try not to name people on this podcast when I, when I don't mm-hmm. have to. Um, but anyways, they do great work. They know who they are. Um, I was chatting with them. This is probably about three years ago now. How they were, they were trying to like record videos and how everything goes into place. They're like, we have you know the, all these all these uh, skids of you know everything is complete. You know, there's two levels to the skids. We got to hang the first skid and the second in, in such a certain way. Then we can hang the other one underneath it, and then we'll connect everything and. You know, we're talking like large pipes and, and uh, duct and electrical mm-hmm. on each one of these skids. And they filled the room with skids. They actually they actually had to bring in the skids in a certain way and stack them in a certain way. Um, and they had they were trying to record a video of how to get all the skids in the building for the, the various um, uh, trades that were going to be uh, bringing them in and installing them and um or in their 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 own employees and all that stuff so they're trying to record videos and uh pass for that and what it ended up coming down to was why don't you just use autodesk um uh, vehicle tracking you've already got the design we've got the skids let's just use the skids we'll just stack them on top of each other and show everybody give them a sweat path of how to how you want them to bring it into the building and then it'll all just come together wow the technology's there that's amazing right yeah, I don't think they ended up using that because I think we came in a little too late with the the uh, solution. But it was there. It was it was yeah. it was wide open for them. Um, the technology is there to get these prefab pieces in place and save not only hours and dollars, but save uh, um, injuries and yeah. ultimately lives. Yes, definitely. Sorry, drinking some of this delicious beer, man. I'm on can number two. Where are you at, bud? Dude, I, I actually drank uh, cup number two uh, when we had the last issue. Uh, I went and refilled my cup, and then I've been sitting here like, oh, I need to fill it up again. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, do, do not wait on me. I, um, I actually bring a little uh, – in my office basement, I don't have a refrigerator just yet. We're waiting to remodel our house, and then we move the, outside, the upstairs refrigerator down here. So I'm just bringing a um, little pack, a uh, little lunch bag with uh, ice packs and beer cans in it downstairs uh, whenever we do these podcasts. <laughs> legit. Legit. Hey, man. Get me a little cooler six pack. I like that idea. Ah, man, it works. It works. You're in, you, so you're in your uh, home basement, I imagine? Yes. Yes, I am. I have uh, four kids, so I got to try to cave myself off from them for a little while. <laughs> Oh, I have two. I know exactly how that is, bud. Oh, yeah. I'll go back up into the chaos here in a little bit. <laughs> so, um, so, anyways, we, we, I think we've gone through a lot of the, the safety things I wanted to talk about. Was there any safety, safety 
technology that you wanted to chat about before um, you know we bring this to conclusion? No, I don't think so, man. I mean, I, honestly, there's so much out there. I mean, just getting people aware. A lot of times, people don't know what they don't know, right? But getting people aware of anything that we can, I think, is, is the goal, right? And just or just making you getting those wheels turning. Hey, let's start looking this up. I think that's a great idea. What do we have? What can we get? You know, just because the goal, as you said at the end of the day, is to save lives, and that's what that's what this is. I think that's what we can do. I I got had the privilege of while I was out on the West Coast before relocating, working with a gentleman um, where I don't know if it was his passion or his spiel, but he was he was a very remarkable gentleman. Uh, whenever we would talk to somebody, he would say, my job, he said, I grew up in construction. My whole goal and mission is to get, you know, everybody from the job site home safely and at a reasonable hour. Yep. I think technology is really getting us there. I do too. I really do. It's, it's, it's really, and you know, it's, I won't say it's getting us there completely. I think that we have to um, let it enable us, right? We have to use it to enable us to make ourselves better. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a person's choice um, to use it or not, right? But so I that's really a, think that's that? a topic. I said I was, was going to interrupt you there. There's a top. That's a topic for another point or for another yeah. episode where we're how to integrate construction technology into these job sites successfully. And I know there's a whole, um, I'll be at AU with you. Uh, there's a whole, I don't know if you got through the um, courses, but there's a whole course dedicated to that. It's how to get construction technology implemented. Um, I, I've actually, you know, I've, I've done a lot of implementations. We're trying to do a lot of implementations. I say try because a lot of times uh, you, you get those guys that are, um, you know, this is the way we've always done it. And hey, I'm still oh, alive yeah. and kicking. <laughs> yep. So, so I don't know overcoming that. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's uh. I, we've got a, we've got quite a, a few topic. topics already, but I think that this one will be a, a good one. Yeah, I definitely think so. I think we can always wrap around back to that. All right, I'll add it to our list. All right, man. Um, well, I'm gonna wrap it up here. I'll do uh, okay. some light editing, and then I'll get this published. Um, dude, it was a pleasure, man. As always, I look forward to talking with you. I know. We don't talk as much as we used to now that we're not in the same office. Literally, we, we shared, a, you know, we were just on the other side of a wall. Um, we got to see <laughs> yeah. each other all the time. So uh, I'm glad we got this podcast done. And um, I was looking forward to all week. I had so much that I wanted to talk about uh, as far as safety. And, dude, you hit the nail on the head with every one of them. All right, dude. I was, I was very awesome getting the chance to talk to you again, Joe. It's always awesome being able to kind of geek out with a like-minded individual about construction. And, you know, I, I really, I really just, I really enjoy this and being able to talk about big ticket items like safety um, and really how technology is affecting construction and safety. Just one kind of, you know, pathway of it all. But again, dude, I'm, 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 I'm thankful for being able to hang out with you and I'm looking forward to uh, next week's episode. Perfect. Well, I look forward to it as well. So uh, real quick, where are you going to be next week? Uh, this week, I'm actually still in Portland. So um, 
I will be I will be concentrating on a, a Portland beer this week, and all right. Then yeah, I think next week I'm in Portland as well. Man, you yes. are stationary. I like right. Uh, <laughs> I'll be stationary most of next week. I'll be in Boston for one day. I literally fly in the morning. I have a few meetings during the day, and then I fly back that afternoon. Um, but yeah, I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be enjoying uh, Steelers country here for a little bit. I see Steelers country. I'm not a Steelers <laughs> fan. I am the worst kind of fan, and I'll save that for another topic. But anyways, it was great chatting with you, and uh, I'll get this up uh, very soon. Thank you so much for your time, man. All right. Thank you, Joe. Have a good night. All right. You too, bud. Bye. Bye. Bye.